Welcome to this edition of the Head Dead Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney. This is episode number 64 of the Head Dead Podcast. In this episode of the podcast, I'm talking about Mets pitcher Noah Syndergaard wanting to throw to a personal catcher. Currently, he is throwing to Wilson Ramos, the Mets' best offensive player. But there is a history of really good pitchers wanting to throw to personal personal catchers. And I, for one, find the whole thing interesting. Should a guy as good as Noah Syndergaard get to pick who his catcher is? Who is in charge of the game? Because there's only one position player that affects the pitcher this much, and it's the catcher. They're their partners in crimes. They have to get along with this person. What pitches they're calling, the signal calls, they have to make sure that that guy can throw out base runners. They have to rely on that guy more so than they have to rely on their own manager, their own pitching coach. So to Noah Syndergaard, he is taking this very much seriously, and maybe he should be. And maybe we should all be taking it more seriously than we are because a lot of the people I've listened to are making fun of Noah Syndergaard. Mad Dog Russo, who I watch on MLB Network's High Heat, was making fun of Noah Syndergaard. Maybe there is actually evidence that really good pitchers want to throw to a guy they are most comfortable with and they've had great success doing so. For some famous examples of pitcher who used a personal catcher. Number one, Tim McCarver was the personal catcher to Hall of Fame pitcher Steve Carlton. He joined him on two different teams, the Phillies and the Cardinals. Number two, Eddie Perez was the personal catcher to Greg Maddox back when they had Javi Lopez, an all-star hitting catcher who I'm sure the Braves which had more, the Braves hoped had more chances to be in their lineup. But when Greg Maddox wins five Cy Youngs and who know three of them in a row with, with, with Eddie Perez as his catcher instead of Javi Lopez, can you really deny those results? Number three, Joe Girardi and David Cohn. Back when the Yankees had Jorge Posada in 98-99, David Cohn preferred to throw to who? Joe Girardi. And they threw a perfect game together. Pretty good results if I do say so myself. Number four, John Lester and David Ross won two World Series on the two teams that couldn't win World Series, the Red Sox and Cubs. Pretty impressive when you put it that way, that David Ross went to the Red Sox and the Cubs just because of John Lester. Would David Ross have even been on the Cubs if John Lester were not there? My answer to that is probably not. Number five, Jason Veritek and Josh Beckett. Veritek was near the end of his career. Josh Beckett did not want to throw to Jared Saltolamacchia, the better offensive prospect. Saltolamacchia famously couldn't throw to second base, but Veritek was clearly the better defensive catcher and Josh Beckett only threw to Jason Veritek. And this was back when even Josh Beckett was near the tail end of his stardom. He wanted to throw to Jason Veritek, who could not hit the baseball at that point. Then you have number six, Sandy Leone and Chris Sale. Chris Sale does not want to throw to Christian Vasquez this season, last season, in his entire tenure with the Boston Red Sox. He would rather throw to Sandy Leone. The numbers are there. The numbers represent that Chris Sale throws a lot better 
when Sandy Leone is his catcher. Number seven, A.J. Ellis and Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw has like five ERA titles, a couple of Cy Youngs, and is thought to be the heir apparent to Sandy Koufax. Guess who he likes throwing the ball to? A.J. Ellis. Back when they had... Better hitting catchers, he would rather throw to A.J. Ellis. Not Russell Martin, not anyone else, but A.J. Ellis. And you have to say that that was a valuable commodity to the Dodgers to have. It helped their team win. It helped Clayton Kershaw win Cy Youngs. It helped them become the best pitcher they've ever had since Clayton Kershaw. The Dodgers made Clayton Kershaw happy by giving him A.J. Ellis. Number eight last year, Austin Romine and Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray was not very good with the Yankees, but when he was good, Austin Romine was his catcher. Gary Sanchez was not his catcher. It would have been probably beneficial for the Yankees to have Gary Sanchez as a hitting catcher. So what do all of these examples have in common? All of these examples are hitting catchers who aren't very good defensively and their star starting pitchers choosing the defensive masterminds over them. That's what's happening here. Noah Syndergaard wants a defensive minded catcher at his disposal over Wilson Ramos, the arguably best offensive player for the Mets. That is a huge debate going on in baseball. What's more important to the Mets, offense or defense? The Mets are clearly choosing offense at this time. But these other teams all chose defense. They didn't fight back. The Dodgers didn't fight back with A.J. Ellis. The the Yankees didn't fight back with Austin Romine. The Red Sox didn't fight back with Jason Veritek. The Yankees didn't fight back with Joe Girardi. The Braves gave Greg Maddox Eddie Perez. In most cases, the the teams don't fight back. So why are the Mets fighting back? And I have some really good answers as to why this might be. Because first of all, Noah Syndergaard is on the out with the Mets. He is not going to be a Met for much longer. The trade to Marcus Stroman probably puts him third on the pecking order of star pitchers on the Mets that the Mets really cared about. And for the last, what, three or four trade deadlines, there have been serious discussions about the Mets trading Noah Syndergaard to another team. They are clearly on the outs with Thor, with Noah Syndergaard. They do not care about his personal preference of catcher because they know in the long term he is not there, and they do need to move on from him. I actually agree that they need to move on from him because I am sick of the Matt Harvey era, the the Noah Syndergaard era. I want this just to be DeGrom's team. He is the more reliable pitcher. Noah Syndergaard is a strikeout machine. He has never put it all together. And I do, I do kind, of find, kind of find it frivolous that he is now blaming the catcher for his mistakes. He is better. It is true. His numbers are better when he is throwing to other catchers. But in the history of the Mets... He has not been great with whoever their starting catcher is. So the bi- the bigger the bigger amount of numbers say that Noah Syndergaard is not great. He's, I don't think he's a top tier pitcher. He is a great number two on a team if you're buying in on Noah Syndergaard. And the Mets right now are just not buying in their Noah Syndergaard stocks. They're going to get rid of him. He is going to be a free agent or they're going to trade him away. The thing I find really funny about the Noah Syndergaard thing, he doesn't even know which catcher he wants to be his personal catcher. He either wants Rene Rivera, who he's thrown way more innings to, 
or Thomas Nito, their third string catcher. Noah Syndergaard is just against Wilson Ramos. This isn't even a preference. I think all of those other guys were in love with their backup catchers. My argument against Noah Syndergaard, I don't even think he knows what he wants. He just doesn't want Wilson Ramos. I think Greg Maddox knew he wanted Eddie Perez. I think Josh Beckett obviously knew he wanted Jason Veritek. And the way I've heard David Cohn talk about Joe Girardi, he definitely wanted Joe Girardi. Yes, he wasn't in sync with Jorge Posada, but it wasn't just against Posada. He had a reason. He wanted to go to someone specifically. Noah Syndergaard doesn't even know which catcher he wants to throw to, which I think is a big problem in this equation. How about another interesting fact to the Mets right now is their GM, Brody Van Wagen, was the agent of Noah Syndergaard. So Noah Syndergaard goes to his former agent and GM and says, I want a personal catcher. And that guy says, no, that is one of the most fascinating aspects of this. You might not even care about personal catchers. You might find this topic completely boring, but the fact that he has to go to his former agent of all people and ask for a favor, and he is not willing to give him that because his loyalty now now is not to his former client, it is to the Mets. And the Mets are clearly beneficial for them to have Wilson Ramos, their all-star hitting catcher in the lineup. Wilson Ramos went on a 26-game hitting streak this season, and that was during the Mets' best run of the year. And now Noah Syndergaard in like August is requesting a totally different change. And who are you going to pick if you're the Mets? The guy you just signed this off season Wilson Ramos or Noah Syndergaard who's on the way out anyway. Yes, Brody Van Wagner has been really loyal to his clients. Robinson Cano is also on the New York Mets. So Brody Van Wagner has no problem adhering to his clients, former clients' needs. But in this case, I think he chose the right step. You cannot say every five days, we are not going to have our best hitter in the lineup. And that is exactly what would happen if Wilson Ramos was not in the lineup every five days. Because this year, it is undeniable, other than Pete Alonso, Wilson Ramos has been the best Mets player this year, and he should be rewarded with more playing time, not less, and especially for a guy who's on the out. Again, all those other guys I mentioned were the star pitchers of their team, or they were trying to save them. The Yankees desperately wanted things to work out with Sonny Gray when they gave him Austin Romine. The Mets have nothing to lose here. They do not care what happens to Noah Syndergaard. He is on the way out. This is the Jacob DeGrom show now. This is the Pete Alonso show now. The needs of Noah Syndergaard are way down on the list of needs for Mets because it doesn't matter anymore. It just doesn't matter. He's not the star player he used to be. He's not part of the future of the franchise. And they would... Think about this. If they choose Noah Syndergaard's side and they bench Ramos, they basically lose the rest of the clubhouse, I feel like. Because if you... What are you even saying if you give Noah Syndergaard a personal catcher and then he's not on the team next year? And how about the fact Jacob deGrom is not having issues with Ramos? Marcus Stroman is not having issues with Ramos. Again, some of these other guys, Jorge Posada was not thought of as a really good defensive catcher. Wilson Ramos has had some success with other guys. He threw to, I don't know, Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg when he was with the Nationals. There have been success 
with Wilson Ramos and star pitchers. So, if you're the Mets, you're not going to bench your second best offensive player to adhere to the needs of a guy who is on the way out. And that is why this is one of the most fascinating stories of this baseball season. Because all of those examples benefited the team and the player. This one would really only benefit the player, especially when that player is not going to be part of the future of the Mets organization. In defense of Syndergaard, the numbers don't lie. He has a 5.09 ERA throwing to Wilson Ramos and a 2.22 to the other catchers on the team. The argument against it is that doesn't mean that the Mets win more in that case. There are probably numbers that back up the fact that the Mets went one up. A lot more when Wilson Ramos was batting every day and during his 26-game hitting streak. Noah Syndergaard has had really good seasons with the Mets when they have been bad. Say what you will about this season for the Mets, their ups and their downs, it's been one of their better seasons, and you could see this as a part of that growth, and I think Wilson Ramos is part of that growth and part of their future success, and I do not feel like Noah Syndergaard will be part of that future success. It doesn't seem like the cards are there for Noah Syndergaard to be a long-term fixture for the Mets, but for Wilson Ramos, he is going to be part of this team moving forward, and he's going to be part of what I think will be a playoff off team next year and the fact that you already got Marcus Stroman, you've already got Jacob DeGrom, you even already got Steven Matz, you can sign other pitchers, Noah Syndergaard is the one. What is making Noah Syndergaard happy these days? He's just not happy with the Mets and I think he's just picking a simple thing and making a big deal out of it because he knows he's on the way out and he's probably not happy that he's on the way out because he'll probably end up in a smaller market and he's not Thor anymore and Matt Harvey's not the Dark Knight anymore and I get it. It's a sad end to an era that really didn't work out for the Mets but right now I'm kind of frustrated by that this guy in particular. It didn't work out. I get it but And listen, he didn't want this to be a story. He didn't need this to be a story. But I just find it ridiculous that he thinks every five days that the Mets can afford to not have their second biggest bat in the lineup. And again, the numbers don't lie. He he's he doesn't have good games throwing to Ramos, but Ramos is not a bad defensive catcher in the way that like Jorge Posada was or the way Javi Lopez was with the Braves. Wilson Ramos was a catcher when Max Scherzer was winning some Cy Youngs when Steven Strasburg was having some of his best seasons. Wilson Ramos is a Silver Slugger Award winner. He's more known for his offense. But I don't think his defense is a detriment to the Mets team moving forward. I also feel like Noah Syndergaard just wants to simplify his issue. And his real issue to me is he is strikeout obsessed. And he can't go deep into baseball games because he's going to go up there. He's going to throw 95. And he's going to try to get a million strikeouts. It has been the biggest issue with Noah Syndergaard. And one of the reasons why I think he can't remain healthy during a baseball season He has not been able to adjust the way Justin Verlander can adjust. Watch that no-hitter by Justin Verlander. He's not throwing his full velocity in the beginning of the game. And then it's lights out at the end of the game. He's throwing like 95. Noah Syndergaard has never become a master of when to go all in with his velocity. 
He is always all in. In another world, Noah Syndergaard is a great major league reliever. I know he's a starter. I know he's been good as a starter. But the reason he can't eat a lot of innings and the reason he's been unreliable these last few years and the reasons he's injured is he's he's always full-on throwing mode. And again, Justin Verlander has some reserve energy at the end of games where Noah Syndergaard just doesn't have that. And I think Noah Syndergaard sees it's the end of his time with the Mets. Again, he wants to throw to a personal catcher. It was a private conversation. It could have easily just been a no. But now that we all know about it, I do find this thing quite fascinating because he's asking the Mets to pick defense over offense and to pick his needs over the needs of the team. Because you can't argue this, the best time this Mets season was during Wilson Ramos's. 26 game hitting streak. It basically helped turn the team around from a miserable season. They've had Pete Alonso, they've had Wilson Ramos, Jacob DeGrom has had great success. Marcus Stroman has had some ups and downs, but Noah Syndergaard is really the only guy who's been the same all season long. There's been some goods, there's some downs. He has not had a point in this season where he has been the Noah Syndergaard of old. I think the Mets should have traded him during the trade deadline, and then we wouldn't have to have this stupid conversation. The only reason I find this interesting is because some people are ragging on him over the fact he wants a personal catcher. I think if Jacob DeGrom tomorrow asked for a personal catcher, the Mets would give him a personal catcher. And you want to know what their reason is? Because Jacob DeGrom is their horse. He is their star pitcher now. He is the face of the franchise. He has been given hundreds of millions of dollars to be the star of the team. Noah Syndergaard is like the eighth most important member of the Mets, and that's even for a short period window now. And this isn't the first time the Mets had had to deal with outside controversy this season when Mickey Calloway threw a chair at at a reporter and Jason Vargas was traded away to the enemy Phillies because he was getting at it with a reporter too. I mean, this has been a strange season with the Mets. First, they were underachievers. Then they were underdogs. Then they all loved you. The Mets cannot get out of their own way with controversy. They are the New York Jets of baseball. I love the Mets. I do love the Mets. They are my second favorite baseball team. I'm a Red Sox fan, but I also root for the Mets and I love them. And I, I grew up loving David Wright. I grew up loving Jose Reyes. I grew up loving Carlos Salgado, Carlos Beltran. I do not love Noah Syndergaard in that same way. I do love DeGrom. I do love Pete Alonso. It just seems to me like Noah Syndergaard is not part of the future. He's a part of the past and I think they need to move on from him. But his overall debate about personal catchers, and we think it's like something that... Shouldn't be a thing. Listen, too too much of baseball is about talking about the personal catchers, and we want to avoid having personal catchers. There have been modern examples. Again, Tim McCarver, Steve Carlton is an old example. I have no issue, and neither do teams, if a star player like a Justin Verlander says to the Astros, I only want Brian McCann as my catcher. We should not have issues with that. It's when these teams don't give it to the middling pitchers. They're not going to give Noah Syndergaard what he wants because the same... the same answer, and the simple answer is he's not part of the Mets' future. 
If Jacob deGrom asked for one, they would consider it. Even Marcus Stroman, if he asked for one, they would consider it. The reason they're not considering the needs of Noah Syndergaard is not because they don't like him, not because he's been annoying them, but because he is not part of the Mets' future. I don't think it's anything to do, do with hard feelings. I do think Noah Syndergaard has not dealt with the fame of being a New York pitcher in the best way possible in his time with the Mets. He has talked about the trade nonsense. He's tweeted about it. It's funny. We get it. He's had to deal with it. Whatever. It's not really, it's not as bad as he makes it out to be, to be traded. He's already on the Mets. He's never been traded. I feel more bad for a guy if he had been traded two or three times. Just to be talked about being traded should not be as tiring as people make it out to be. There have been guys who have been talked about being traded, and guess what? They never talk about it. Noah Syndergaard has never gotten over the fact that he was almost traded, and now he will probably never get over the fact that he has to throw to a guy he doesn't like in Wilson Ramos. But the sad fact for Noah Syndergaard is Wilson Ramos is higher up on the Mets pecking order of star players than he is. Wilson Ramos, again, on went on a 26-game hitting streak. Noah Syndergaard has not even been on a five-game winning streak this year of starts. He is not the star the Mets used to think he was going to be. And Wilson Ramos is on the rise. Jacob DeGrom is on the rise. Pete Alonso is on the rise. And Noah Syndergaard is on the downfall of his Mets career. He will be on another team by next season. But overall, I have no issues with personal catchers. I gave you eight examples. To make fun of Noah Syndergaard for wanting one is ridiculous, but for criticizing him for thinking that that's his biggest issue, I think that's a legitimate debate we could all have because I don't think that's the real issue here. The real issue is Noah Syndergaard is unhappy with the Mets and the Mets are unhappy with Noah Syndergaard. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Head Dead Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney and there will be a new episode of the Head Dead Podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Thanks again for listening and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.